Last week, we began our summer series on the book of Exodus. This is the story of Israel's liberation from oppression and the lasting effects of that oppression on a people who struggle to find true freedom. In last week's opening story, the king of Egypt oppresses and enslaves the Israelites, but a group of women resist with civil disobedience. Midwives and mothers refuse to follow unjust laws and save the life of a boy named Moses. Moses grows up as Egyptian royalty, but as he grows up, he sees the oppression of the Israelites. Moses sees an Egyptian slave master beat an Israeli slave, and Moses kills that slave master. But this only makes the Israelites distrust him. The Egyptian king is furious, so Moses flees to the desert where he settles down and raises a family. And that brings us to our scripture reading for today. Exodus 3, 1 through 15, Moses at the burning bush. Moses was taking care of the flock for his father-in-law Jethro, Midian's priest. He led his flock to the edge of the desert and he came to God's mountain called Horeb. The Lord's messenger appeared to him in a flame of fire in the middle of a bush. Moses saw that the bush was in flames, but it didn't burn up. Then Moses said to himself, let me check out this amazing sight to find out why the bush isn't burning up. When the Lord saw that he was coming to look, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, I'm here. Then the Lord said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals because you are standing on holy ground. He continued, I am the God of your father, Abraham's God, Isaac's God, and Jacob's God. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I've clearly seen my people oppressed in Egypt. I've heard their cry of injustice because of their slave masters. I know about their pain. I've come down to rescue them from the Egyptians in order to take them out of that land and bring them to a good and broad land, a land that's full of milk and honey, a place where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites and the Jebusites all live. Now the Israelites' cries of injustice have reached me. I've seen just how much the Egyptians have oppressed them. So get going. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I to go to the Pharaoh and to bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, I'll be with you. And this will show you that I am the one who sent you. After you bring the people out of Egypt, you will come back here and worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I now come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they are going to ask me, What's this God's name? What am I supposed to say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. So say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God continued, 
Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, Abraham's God, Isaac's God, and Jacob's God has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how all generations will remember me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God who just showed up. The first two chapters of Exodus set the stage for the story to unfold. We were introduced to the oppressive Pharaoh who enslaved the Israelites, but we also heard the story of women who resisted Pharaoh so the hope of liberation could survive. The hope of liberation came in the form of a boy named Moses. He's going to be our hero, but before we get there, Moses runs away from overwhelming evil. He, he creates a life for himself, but that life is about to change because he's about to meet God. And God's going to make an entrance, y'all. God will show up in physical form. And then, for the first time in the scriptures, we will learn the name of God. This is, this is sort of the moment we've been waiting for the dramatic arrival of the liberating God. And it, it delivers, it's dramatic. Moses sees the bush on fire, but the bush doesn't burn. A voice tells Moses that he is on holy ground because this is the actual presence of God come down to deliver God's people from oppression. This this whole scene, it actually sounds like the gospel. God comes down to earth to save us and remind us that this ground on which we live is in fact sacred. It's an amazing scene, but there's something unusual happening. When Moses notices the burning bush, the narrator tells us what Moses is thinking. Moses says to himself, I must turn aside and look at this amazing sight and see why the bush is not burned up. Moses has to turn aside to investigate the bush because, well, the bush isn't right in front of him. It's, it's often his peripheral vision. God is waiting somewhere off to the side, waiting to see if Moses will turn and leave his flock of sheep. And only then, after Moses turns aside, does God speak. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. Now this is a little strange. God comes down to the earth to save their Israelites. But before any of that can happen, Moses needs to investigate a shrub. I mean, and not even an obvious one. What if Moses hadn't seen the bush? Or what if, what if like a normal person, Moses had thought, look, a bush on fire in a place that rains five times a year. Perhaps I should get my father-in-law's sheep out of here. Like, it just doesn't seem like the most logical way for God to make an entrance. So, we should read this and wonder, which is probably how we should 
always read the Bible with wonder. We should wonder why God waited to call out to Moses until after Moses turned his attention to the mysterious bush. We should wonder if if God was looking for something in Moses. I mean, could it be that God was looking for someone? God needed someone who was willing to drop what they were doing and go in search of something sacred. It it sure seems like God wanted to make sure Moses would be willing to like change plans. And this makes sense because God is about to ask Moses to represent God in Egypt. Moses is not just doing errands for God. Moses will go to the Pharaoh and speak on behalf of God. Moses will be God's representative to the Hebrew people because no one in, in Egypt really knows God until Moses tells them who God is, what God thinks, and how God acts. So, if Moses is going to introduce God, if Moses is going to be a stand-in for God and represent God, well, Moses might need to show that he can act like God. And this is particularly important because the way that, that God acts is radically different than anything people have seen before. Gods in the ancient Near East were powerful deities who lived in the heavenly realm and were like totally indifferent to the suffering of the people. Now, now someone might occasionally bribe the gods with a really great sacrifice, and the gods might occasionally end a famine or defeat an army, but they acted not because they cared about the well-being of the people. But Exodus is different. Exodus introduces a God who cares deeply about the suffering of the people, a God who will come alongside them to save them. This is the first thing God tells Moses. I've clearly seen my people oppressed in Egypt. I've heard their cry of injustice because of their slave masters. I know about their pain, and I've come down to rescue them. God notices the suffering of the people, and God changes course. This is who God is and who God will be. A God who sees our suffering. A God who responds by turning towards us and and changing plans for the sake of God's beloved people. This is who God is. In fact, it's the name of God. When Moses asks, what what do I say when they ask who sent me? What's your name? God replies, I am who I am. It it seems that God is telling Moses that, that God can't be defined. God can't be compared to any other God. God can only be described by saying, God is who God is. But if you you look at your your Bible here, you'll usually see a a little footnote right next to that name, I am who I am. 
And below you'll see possible other translations of God's name, like, I will be who I will be. This is because uh, the name of God there is in an imperfect tense that describes action that's still ongoing or incomplete. God wants to be known by who God is and how God acts. But like a simple present tense, a simple snapshot of who God is in this particular moment, that will not suffice. Because God will be whoever God will be. God will get sidetracked for the sake of those who God loves. God will be known for that love. God will be named for that love. God will be who God will be. This is the God we follow. And the God we follow. And we can't follow someone by standing still. Following requires us to move, to change. And then in the case of our God, to get sidetracked. I mean, Moses didn't plan to lead a revolution and free a people. He, he planned to enjoy his life with his family. But Moses was willing to change plans, to get on a path to challenge injustice that he had long known about, but had run away from because it didn't affect him personally. But Moses turns aside. And that is what it is to follow God, to move, to change course, to realize that God is waiting for us. God is inviting us to the holy ground where our freedom and our liberation is bound up with the liberation of all who suffer. Amen.